0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back! Uh, uh, Welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I hope you're all well. I'm absolutely great. Thank you for asking. It's been a long while since we've done one of these podcasts. I think uh, I think it's been difficult for me to manage a lot of these things. And uh, when you when you feel like things aren't working, strangely enough, it makes you do less. When you know. The opposite should be to do more in those moments, and I think for the last, wow, longer than I care to admit, six, seven, eight, nine months plus, been a bit of a rough patch. Uh, I've talked about it, like, multiple times on Instagram, so you guys who follow me know. Talked about it briefly on YouTube and whatnot, so you guys know, but for the podcasters, for the guys who like to listen long form, like, shit's just been hard, you know, I think when you build up so, something for so many years, you put your all into something for so many years and generally things always worked. Uh, that might well be the, the reason of why things uh, are a little bit harder to deal with now because I kind of always felt like I fell on my feet. and never got uh, too many challenges along the way of building coaching, building social media, building businesses or my businesses I think uh, it's always just kind of happened and I'm not gonna like take that away from myself of course I I filmed I obsessed I posted I trained I bodybuilt, and all of that is obviously why I'm here today but when you continue to do those things and you don't have those same results it becomes very very hard to understand to deal with and when you're in the social media space it feels quite personal. It feels like people don't like you. And that's a strange thing to deal with. That's a really, really strange thing to deal with because the average person who's not on social media, the people you don't need to worry about who don't like you are like in front of you, right? Friendships, family, maybe at your job. For me, it's thousands and thousands of people. And when you go from... uh, I, can, I guess I can use the example of like preps because it's happened before, but when you're in prep, you get four or 5,000 likes a post, 80 to 100 comments, every YouTube video goes crazy, relatively crazy for me, of course, not for Sam Select, for example. <laughs> uh, and then that like over halves, but not only that, so does your income, and so does everything else that comes with it. And that's kind of the state I've been in. I've kind of been in a bit of like, what do I do? So just like briefly, the beginning of the year, one of my was still doing pretty darn well. Um, I'd already I'd made a few mistakes at that point. I'd overbought some product and basically undersold it, and hadn't really marketed myself as as uh, authentically as the years before. Um, and I think I'd tried to step away from it a little bit too early, and I'd tried to put in the things and protocols and people and jobs that would take a lot of the business away from me. And I think I was just too early doing that. And I think perhaps lost a little bit of the connection to the audience, perhaps lost a little bit of the... like. I'm, I've always been a consumer. I've always been someone who consumes content, who consumes marketing. I feel like that's kind of where I know. That's my comfort ground. That's kind of what I feel like I excel at. And I think I just stopped doing that. So I stopped selling my brand as well, I stopped marketing my brand as well, I stopped representing my brand, in fact brands as well and I think stepping away from the business hurt me Uh, and when the revenue gets hurt and your outputs go up, there was a long while there guys where I was just uh, not making any money, in fact I was losing money, every single month, every single month I was in Canada, that was May, from May until November. Uh, I lost money. The first couple of months, four or five hundred pound. Okay, that's that's not great, but I I could handle that. By the end of it, it was thousands and thousands a month that I was uh, having to shovel in from either coaching or sponsors or savings. Even worse, savings stuff that I put put aside for myself for my future, which I really really didn't want to touch. But when you got to manage like you're putting people's food on their table, that's one thing that's quite hard to deal with when you're, a, when you're a business owner sometimes, especially a small business owner, when the margins are tight and it doesn't necessarily matter what the revenue is because your top line number's always sexy, right? And small business owners, uh, even, if, even if you're not making five figures a month, it's still, it's still sexy, right? Because if you're close to it and you're making revenue of 10,000 pounds or 9,000 pounds, it sounds very sexy. Then you've got to start taking away people's wages. You've got to start taking away for me anyway, I had two employees formerly who would do things that wouldn't directly bring me income, right so for example, um, I guess indirectly they do, but like customer service. I had to pay that uh someone who run my social media had to pay that and then we got the things that do obviously help things like pick and package so people at the warehouse actual cost for keeping your stuff at the warehouse then you got tax then you got vat uh and great wow my, amazing you have a company that is earning over eighty-five thousand pounds a year and you're having to pay vat you know that should be great yeah it is but also it destroys your margins right so it's all good having a big sexy top line number and uh at the end of the day all that matters is kind of what's left at the end of paying out everything so it kind of got pretty um, it got pretty brutal towards the end I'm just going to turn my WhatsApp off so it doesn't make a noise it got pretty brutal towards the end revenue from January to November was under half under half that's the top line number and the outline the output number was was higher than January so it really wasn't good so then I'm thinking right okay well I've got to lean into the thing that is a little bit more profit, right? In terms of like actual like cost per sale, is very very low for online coaching. You don't really need to spend anything to be an online coach, other than like the years of <laughs> training and seminars and whatnot. So, because I would spent all this time trying to build one of my, trying to focus on one of my, thinking this is going to be my baby, and, and and for sure it still can be. Um, it made me lean away from the coaching side of things to the point that coaching halved as well, right? Uh, I also, because of that mindset aura that I had, I have no doubt, I have no doubt in my mind that it leaked out into social media. I think I performed worse. I think the content I gave out was worse. I think the value that I have always proud, pride myself on was worse. And I think that affected my supplement sponsors. So from January, my supplement sponsor is about half as well. Um, Alphalete's about the same. Um, so, but like as a whole, like, I'm probably at like half the amount of revenue I was at the beginning of the year, every single month. And that's just, uh, it feels very, very personal. And of course, when you're trying to build the company alongside that, like I'm just losing a lot of money here. So that got into my head and funny like like I said at the beginning, uh, like four or five minutes ago, when things feel worse and your mental state gets a hit, and I see this across many many people in the in the probably specifically the online coaching industry at the moment, people who um, are quote unquote struggling. I don't I would don't I, I use that word very lightly because there's real struggle in the world and there's our struggle. Our struggle is. Having revenue, but still being fine. I'm living in Dubai, right? So I'm trying to keep it relative, um, but also honest, right? It still feels bad. So I can appreciate some people but like, shut the fuck up. You know, you're not struggling, but also it's still like relative. And I think it's important to understand that, that you're allowed to feel a certain type of way, relatively. And at the end of the day, you're living your life, right? You're not living a less fortunate life or someone else's life. You've got to kind of react in the life that you have. And you can't always help how you feel. Like, I don't necessarily want to feel how I feel like I want to be able to relate to the people who have got it worse than me and think you know what I am good but sometimes your mind doesn't let you do that and that's kind of what I'm trying to say here so when you get into those states of mind it leaks out onto everything I think when it leaks out onto everything when your whole uh, presence businesses rely on that social media side which is kind of the scary part of social media because if it goes tomorrow it does everything else who knows um I don't think it will so we're okay but when it leaks out I just think it uh Whether it be consciously or subconsciously, people just don't attribute themselves to that, I think. Especially like positive people or people who are trying to get something out of social media or who have followed me to get something. When you're getting less from someone, granted it's free, granted you don't need to pay for it, I just think you lean towards other people who are doing it better. And I think that's probably what's happened. Combine that with the weird Instagram algorithm this year, I'm hoping one day they will change it. But there's been some, in in Canada specifically, uh, just an example, I don't know if you guys know about these type of Instagram numbers, but I got a hundred, let's say I had a hundred thousand followers. Of those hundred thousand followers, I probably get like 20% of them. View my stories, maybe 15%, right? So 15 to 20,000 views. That's kind of like where I've been sat, January, February, March, April. And then May, the moment I went to Canada, it halved seven and a half thousand and then as I kept going in Canada it got even less to the point where six thousand views was a good day and don't get me wrong I'm sure some people here don't get six thousand views in their stories but when you are used to 15 or 20 thousand views and you put up a story saying I have some coaching spaces you could go from 50 inquiries to five and of those 50 or five inquiries you know 5% 5% of them could sign up so that means that half of a person every 5 people uh, could sign up, right? But if it's 50 people you could be getting 5 people and that's kind of like the reality of these numbers so combine that with me being the main driver of one wanama has got a new drop you know, hit this link, hit one page and you can get it there is a quarter of the people less than a quarter of the people some days I had 2,500 story views so, you know, that's like a tenth of what I was use, used to getting. So when you have a tenth of the people being shown what you're selling, naturally you sell less. So that was kind of brutal to deal with in Canada. Um, but ultimately, I was in Canada and I was still had a very, very good time. And yeah, it was demoralizing a lot of the time, but I think I understood by the end of it that it was Canada. I know they got some uh, certain... Mm-hmm laws there about for free speech and, you know, if you talk about drugs talk about PDs, like, sometimes you can get absolutely destroyed for it, but also you kind of get, sh- on Instagram you kind of get shown where you are right, so I'm getting shown to my Canadian followers and I found that everyone I follow in Texas from mouthfully, everyone I follow in Florida everyone I follow in Canada everyone, like, that side of the world was coming up on my stories and I was getting message after message saying God, I don't even see your, your stuff anymore Everyone from this side of the world, the UK, uh, Dubai, maybe, and, and this kind of side of the world, Australia, for example. So that was kind of a thing that I had to try and figure a way around of, of which now we have. So that was very, very difficult. The, the moment, the day that I got back to the UK was the day that I hit 10,000 story views again. And then since then, I've like slowly fluctuated between. 10, 12, 15, and then on like a really good day towards 20,000. So it's kind of back to normal, which is great. And I did and have seen a general uptrend in both those businesses, but where you've over 60% lost the way you were, you don't just go 60% back up overnight. It's actually just like it was a fast drop and it's going to be a slow journey back up towards where I was before, Uh, which is kind of savage. But of course, like I had to make some... Really really hard decisions in that time. I had to understand what was fundamental to my business things like filming so obviously Loki that was like fundamental Um, Being able to to live being able to have him somewhere to live those are like my fundamental payments That I couldn't really change because they run everything and then everything else social media guy customer service guy the email guy I had to start cutting so for the first like Time in my life, I had to like have really hard conversations with people. Maybe second time, uh, and tell them they they were going to lose their job and you were going to lose two thousand pounds a month. You know that's a lot of money to someone, and that's a lot of money to these guys. And it was very very hard to have those conversations with people. And um, two seconds. So we had some uh, really hard conversations, really hard decisions to make, and. They have helped, of course, because when you're when you're losing, you know, a couple thousand a month, getting rid, or I shouldn't say that, letting go, unfortunately, those people uh, managed to push the companies slightly into profit again, right? And that profit is what makes me live. You know, we couldn't, and we haven't really since we've been in Dubai as well for the first couple of weeks, like, been on dates, do some actual activities which i wouldn't even think twice about so some really hard decisions some real different business decisions like i now run all the social media uh we have loki doing the uh like graphics and things so we kind of brought it a bit more in-house and actually it's better for the business it is better for the business and it's like a really really hard hard lesson and i didn't know it was a lesson uh until i have been doing this, it's, it's been it's been two 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 months now. I think without those guys, so it's taken me that long to understand the lesson. And it was because I was losing the connection to my company. I was losing, like I've got a certain way of speaking. You guys know who follow me on here. I've got a certain way of speaking I've got a certain way of connecting to you guys. I've got a uh, a way of wording things, and it, that those wording of things were just getting lost in translation. Um through one of my through coaching and whatnot so a hard lesson earned learned and uh I kind of knew what needed to be done with the coaching side and also the one of my side but of course when I said well like I said earlier when you're in that mindset of just feeling a bit shit <laughs> I don't want to use the word depressed lightly uh but it was, I was pretty like down up and down up and down motions are really hard to control downward spirals are really hard to control And uh, I had to do a lot of work on myself and figure out how to control those, but also get out of those. And I don't necessarily know whether I figured that out. I just kind of feel like I couldn't get any lower. And there's no other option, for me anyway, when you hit rock bottom than just to fucking bounce back up. There's nothing else. And I understood what I needed to do. Um, And I'm hoping you guys would have recognized by now, but I needed to get my fucking content game together. I needed to produce content that I that was valuable again, that I liked and don't really care about the likes and comments anymore. Um, I needed to make coaching content, uh, um, prioritizing my clients and the content that you want to see as clients, uh, celebrating my clients, you know, so we started doing transformations, we started doing reels about these guys. Uh, because this, it, not only for you guys who are there who are coaches is a great advert for coaching, but also it shows that you're human. It shows that you care, and that is something that I want everyone on here who maybe is thinking about coaching with me maybe one day to know that I do care, and I want that to be at the forefront. I hadn't posted on my coaching page in months and months and months, and maybe what does that say? Maybe I'd lent a little bit too much into building Josh Bridgman and forgetting one more and forgetting one more coaching. Josh Bridgman doesn't make me much money, you know. When I think about, when I say Josh Bridgman, I mean Josh Bridgman, the person, the athlete. What does Josh Bridgman earn? He earns sponsorship money. And that's about it, right? Sponsorship money is a fraction of what those other two companies do. And I think I just lent a little bit too much into it when you can definitely balance all three very, very well. Um, And I was doing that. I did that for years and years and years. And I just kind of lost sight about that. had people pushing me to say, Become completely a coach Because that's how you're going to get the most money And yeah maybe I would If I changed everything I do to being a coach Maybe I would double my income But that doesn't feel right Because I've got so much more impact to give Through podcasting Through YouTube videos Through uh, informative reels That aren't just selling me Selling something That's how I built the career That's how I'm going to continue the career I think I've got a lot more to give across that um, Okay lean 100% into one or more And set the coaching off. Well you know what Like coaching is super fulfilling to me you know, and on the business sense, it's high profit, right? So it'd be silly to, to let that go when one of my doesn't earn me enough money to pay myself and everyone else under that umbrella. It doesn't earn, like doesn't have enough profit to do that. So I've got to have both both sides of things. Um, so I kind of lemp back into balancing things. Um, be present on my stories. Be powerful. Be confident. Be uh, give. 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 Give and you know very rarely ask I think that's kind of why built my where I am today on so that's kind of what I've had to reassess relook into and I'm feeling much more clarity on what we need to do you know we we film most days we have really good content lined up good plans of what we need to do and opportunities to do it as well you know we're in the land of opportunity here um we're in a unique place and uh I think uh we would be remiss to not take every opportunity we can. So that's kinda of like where I'm at, guys, right? I'm good now. I'm good now and I want to commit to these podcasts once a week. Um a little secret out here. Joe is gonna be moving to Dubai. Fingers crossed, he doesn't fall through. It doesn't fall through. Towards the end of January. So you might you might see off the cuff back. You might have heard it here first, you might not have, don't tell anyone. But I'm very, very excited. Uh, to be able to bring the squad back together um, Obviously a little bit different with Tom being in the UK But we're going to try and figure something out He's actually coming out here in Dubai So expect a uh, Break the internet episode In January We cannot wait to uh, see how that goes So I'm very very excited To, to kind of keep going And I fixed the uh, And this is one thing for you guys out there who do move countries Or have moved countries or move around I fixed the, in, the uh, Location issue so I had to buy two phones. I got two phones. Um, pretty, like, annoyingly, like, I don't, like, especially when I'm talking about losing so much money, I didn't want to spend. And, of course, you've got to get a rele- relatively new phone, so I'd spend about £500 on a new phone. But on this phone, this internal system is in England. I use an app called iAnygo you have to plug in the phone to the laptop uh and it would basically change the internal systems on the whole phone so my weather my maps it's in like data or ma- uh, app i don't know so, some kind of some some kind of mode that lets you like change all the fundamental settings on it but it posts me in the UK and it has kept me in the UK my account is still registered in the UK because it's where my audience is, and it's, it's, it's helped, we're here, we're, it, it, we've been here for three weeks now, nothing has changed, my stories are still good, and uh, my posts are still terrible, but we're, uh, I can't really say anything else there, i just got to carry on, um, so I've fixed that issue, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling feeling relatively relatively good about what we've got to come. So, that's the, that's the sad day out of the way, that's kind of life update out of the way. Um, We'll obviously keep you updated on anything else that happens I'm still TRT week Six or seven Uh, Blood work's all good now Blood pressure's all good now Uh, I'm just Just Waiting for the go ahead now I'll probably get another set of blood work done Next week I imagine And then if everything's good I'm hoping Small deficit phase For Three or four weeks And then It's time to To push things up Hopefully We'll see We'll see I'm not quite sure how it's going to work But I'm, uh, I'm excited to see how we're going to do it um, I've got a few questions here I don't want to leave you guys without just kind of answering your guys' questions directly um, First question, not a question but Tom and Joe as guests on the podcast, uh, like I just said January, expect something really really good um, Mastron or Primo? Super simple, Primo if it's real Mastron if you can't find it uh, or if you can't afford Primo Primo's very, very often faked. Um, I don't know why I would do that. Just make it real and charge more. It's kind of... would pay it as bodybuilders most of the time. Uh, Mastron's, like, a little bit more consistent. They're a little bit different as well, in effect. Like, while similar, I, I find a little bit more fullness on Primo. And I find that with Mastron, I don't get... Personally, I don't get as many strength gains if that makes sense. I definitely found it a little bit harder in the off-season this year just using um, Mastron entirely, so I'm going to try this year with Prima. Um, Many questions on here asking how I am, so I'm hoping I've answered that in the first 25, 20 minutes of this podcast. Um, How important is scale weight when moving... uh, when in a growth phase, sorry. So obviously, natural or not, it's going to make a difference, but really it should be moving upwards there's no real time when body weight shouldn't be moving upwards ultimately in order to gain muscle mass you really kind of need to be in a surplus it doesn't mean to be in a huge surplus but there should be some movement and that means scale weight could be half a kilo a month but that's still moving up you know or if you're assisted it could be a couple kilos a month but it's still moving up so I would say, so I, I would say it's probably a pretty good indicator in a gaining phase. And I wouldn't ignore it. I know a lot of people say main gaining, yeah, okay. But if you don't want the most amount of results, main gain, sure. Might take you a little bit longer, but yeah, you might feel a little bit better. Um, any term, any tips on growing Instagram following? documented fitness journey, but not as a coach for sure, dude, for sure. So this is probably what I've led into a little bit more. Reels, day in day out, reels, trending sounds. Make it good content. Unfortunately, you probably need a, some pretty good at editing now. And you probably need someone with a pretty good camera. It's kind of like the minimum level of content now is pretty fucking high. Like, if you ever go on, like, your For You page or just, like, you click that little real button and swipe through, the content is just really good, right? Even if it's just someone running on a track, like, it's done with a really good camera, a gimbal, it's been color graded. It's got a trending sound, so, like, it's it's going to be a little bit harder for you to not be able to do it like that, but you definitely can, like, throw in some, some self-videos and transformations and things. But good content, eye-catching content, relevant content, educational content, informational content, it kind of depends on what type of athlete or fitness, fitfluencer you want to lean into. Do you want to be the transformation guy? Do you want to be the education guy? Do you want to be the aesthetic guy? You know, lean into it. or go, all day or die whatever the fuck you are Um, do you think you will regret your cannabis use in the future regarding business and bodybuilding absolutely not no chance Um, I've spent three weeks now three weeks without cannabis I have did four or five weeks earlier on this year as well not out of choice just it's very very illegal here and I smoked enough weed for a lifetime Um, there's been times like, the peak of my career, I was smoking an ounce a week, you know, but also, the bottom of my career, or the, not the bottom of my career, the lowest i felt this year, I was also smoking, I was also smoking an ounce a week, right, so, it's hard for me to say that it's from the cannabis when that's just not changed, like, it's just been the same for 10 years, you know, um, are there times when perhaps I've lent into it a little bit to quote-unquote numb the pain? For sure, for sure, right? Anxiety, uh, thinking too much, worrying about X, Y, and Z, like smoke a joint, all goes away, right? Argument, smoke a joint, goes away. Um, is there like perhaps maybe, probably this year as well, like when we were in Canada, we had the ability to just smoke the highest quality weed, or highest THC weed, Keith-wrapped, hash-infused, all these different, like, it was just super high levels of THC going through our blood. Um, I think, I think for me, when I was in that low point, it probably made it a little bit harder to get out. Kind of acted as a little bit of a barrier to to stop me from doing what I needed to do. Uh, Because it feels a little bit easier now to do it, because I guess there's less distraction, there's less, like, joint smoke, and just be like, ugh. You know, because there are those times you smoke a joint and you feel like that's a coffee. Okay, let's fucking go then. And we used to do that every single morning sit on that porch, you know, joint, two or three hours work, and feel like on fire. But there are also the opposite times when you're like, you know, you need to be doing something, and then you smoke a joint, you're like, oh, God, like, fuck that. So there's definitely been times when it's helped, but it's also not. So. There was no regret ever like that that drug changed my life like I know people are gonna be like shut up you stoner But it did like it, it, it literally gave me a perspective on life that I never had before. I was a rugby jock who Would be singing and chanting in bars every weekend Stripping down to his underwear and dancing around like that's kind of the guy who I was I wasn't empathetic I wasn't cultured. I wasn't understanding of different People and different mindsets, and that I just had none of that. And it sounds weird, so maybe sounds strange to some of you guys. But the weed gave me that, uh, that different perspective, that, that 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 ability to look at things from a different angle. Um, so I never regret it, and uh, I've not stopped really out of choice. Just uh, don't fancy going to prison for a while. So <laughs> that's really that's really it. But but of course I'm going to lean into the benefits of not smoking right now, for sure. And then if I ever go back to smoking again, which, you know, hopefully, I get another joint to my lips at some point in my life, which I definitely will, fly to Thailand or go back to Canada. Like, I'm hoping I can bring these uh, positives with me and hopefully find a bit more of a balance. Uh, But we'll see, you know, it is a little bit like an addiction, so for me, that that balance might not be hard to find are you happy with the progression of off season so far much love thank you man love you too um i was i was for sure but for me the most annoying thing is is like comparison is the thief of joy um i'm sure he won't mind me saying this but watching joe brighty i don't think you're to this but if you do what's up my brother just fucking leapfrog me Was like pretty hard to deal with, and like I love him, and I'm so happy that he did, and I'm not like hating on him for that. Like, kid is the nicest guy ever, and deserves every single bit of progress that he's got. But when I like pushed it for, I didn't come off steroids. He came off for seven months. I carried on. I got up to like one, two, three, maybe one, two, four kilos if I round up, and he leapfrogged me to one thirty. And then in that time, I was at the end of my off season where I was struggling to eat, so kind of came down to one, two, three. Then I had to come off and I had to keep eating and I couldn't. Then I got sick and went down to 117. So he's like two-stone heavier than me, 13, 14 kilos heavier than me. I don't know why. I think it's just something that we do as athletes, and we kind of compare ourselves to the person. Maybe the person like closest. Like I, I don't I don't feel bad when I compare myself to C Bum. Maybe sometimes when I hear he's 29. But he's so far ahead of me that it's like, I don't really need to worry right now. So you kind of worry about that person just in front of you or maybe to the side of you and uh, not worry, but like compare, I should say. And me and Joe have been like that. I feel like we've probably been like that in our own heads. Maybe not like explicitly saying, I'm comparing myself to you, bro. But like there's little comments where I'm like, he's like, damn, you look bigger than, you know, bigger than before. Or I'm like, shit, man, you look great. And that's kind of out of comparing, I think comparing each other to ourselves. I think, maybe he, he would say differently, but I kind of feel like that's the way it is. So I've definitely felt like worse. Like being in Canada was great because I had myself to worry about. Um, had some great friends out there who I could just kind of look around, who, who again were in slightly different leagues to me. Like Blake was is an Olympian. Quinton is an open bodybuilder. You know, a few other guys over there. Classic guys, whatever. Like we we're kind of in different relative lanes, so it didn't bother me. Not not all that it bothers me. It didn't uh, come into my brain too much. and I was just kind of focused on myself. But when things get hard and I start to drop backwards, and then when I got sick, I'm like and right now I'm one. I was one twenty this morning actually, which is kind of nice. But I'm still four kilos down from that peak off season. My appetite's still a little bit shitty. Uh, and I got to like think about my weight cap which is like 110 so I'm only 10 kilos off but I'm got a lot more than 10 kilos of fat so I think it was going really really well and I think for whatever reason it just kind of got really really hard I think it always does got really really hard at the end and then trying to maintain it was very difficult and then watching yourself I think this is the TRT way as well this is the addiction steroids that you just kind of feel like you're Regressing a little bit, so definitely got a little bit harder this last couple of weeks. But this last week, since I've got over the sickness, my appetite's back, back, back pretty decently now. Obviously, stop stopping smoking weed as well. Like the appetite was just destroyed the first couple of weeks, and you kind of feel like what are you doing to yourself, you know? But now I'm feeling a little bit more confident and uh, ready to like push on and grow again, right? So that's kind of what we need to worry about. How often do you feel out of body? I don't know if this makes sense. How often do you feel out of body considering how much you have accomplished? I don't know what that means. I'm really sorry. (laughs) This question here. What is your VO2 max? (laughs) (coughs) No no idea. Not something that we do. Um, Is it better to fully PCT after a first cycle or cruise? If you can paddle on it in long term, I prefer cruising. We've talked about this many, many times. Um, we'll do a few more questions we're up to 35 minutes I don't want to leave these too much longer than like 30-35 minutes so um, were you happier to see (laughs) this is a good question Do we happy to see Ryan win or Aaron Banks lose oh god Uh, Ryan win Ryan win for sure I mean it was bloody lovely watching Aaron's face come third um probably nicer watching him lose the religion to be honest um but I've watched Ryan since day one um I probably saw his second or third ever show UKBFF Leamington Spa in 2011. Um, I watched him win the Arnold Classic, which I managed to do as well um, like I like kind of like almost emulated his footsteps just not quite as good. Uh, watched him do all those Olympias achieve that second that one year, then kind of get knocked back down to seventh and then finally like after 10 years no one else and it says it's, it says this when he won, what was everyone else's reaction? And every single person on that stage ran up to him and said, well done, like, because he is just the nicest guy, the most genuine guy, the, the, the not that any one person deserves it more than the other. We all kind of do this thing very, very hard and we dedicate our lives to it, sacrifice a lot. But if you could put that title on someone of most deserving, he wins it every single time. And it was just, uh, and, and he fucking won. Like, he actually won, like, like he 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 was better than everyone. It wasn't like a, oh yeah, was it? Clo-? No, he won. He beat everyone. Better back, better midsection. You know, arms and delts were probably the same as everyone else's. So like he he was just ahead of everyone. So for sure, watching Ryan win was a bit. So it was a very very sweet moment, especially you know because not that I'm a big fan of uh people hate this. I'm not really a big fan of being like a patriot or a. Uh, Let's go UK, like. But it was kind of nice watching someone who I'd always watched in my own country grow up and do it. Um, yeah, we'll leave that. There, there is a there is a few questions, other questions here, but we'll save those for another day, guys. I hope uh, you enjoyed this little little section into my life. Um, bridging the gap is back. Don't forget to uh, drop the drop the podcast a rating. Love to hear your opinions on it. Tag me in your stories if you watch it. Tag bridging the gap podcasting on Instagram, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Peace and love, everybody. Bye-bye.